0: From the library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome back. It's Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Jeffrey Masters, and joining us today is Jimmy Dore, comedian and author of Your Country Is Just Not That Into You. Thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Of
0: course. Of course. Um, So the big takeaway for me was trust no one. Correct. If they are on TV, don't do it. Right. Well, you know, I'd like to tell people... Well, first of all, where I came up with the
1: title of the book, Your Country's Just Not That Into You, is is I come from a big family, which is true. I come from 12 kids in my family. And people always say you learn a lot about life growing up in a big family, which you do. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I learned is I'm easily replaced, right? Like I knew if I died, it wasn't going to put a big dent in their plans. I couldn't imagine my mom sitting around, oh no, Jimmy's dead. What am I going to do now with just the 11 of you? Right. So I have a pretty, my antenna is really well tuned when people aren't that into me. And when I say the people, my country's not that into me. I don't mean the government, I mean the people who own the government, right? So the owner class, the people who donate to politicians, who own the politicians. Yeah. They're not into us, right? And they tell us we're broke all the time. I say the country's broke. You hear that over and over, yeah. right? But it, but apparently we have endless money when we need to bomb somebody in the Middle East, right? It's like, "Hey, can we get uh, some money for social security or Medicare?" No, we're broke. "How about teachers?" No, we're broke. "How about bombing the Middle East?" Oh, we got bomb money. We always have a little bomb money, right? Oh, Found it on the couch. Yes. So this is why I wrote the book. And I break down how the media has let us down. Like, It's really important... For our country to have an effective What they call fourth estate Which means a news media In fact journalism is so important It's one of the three professions Mentioned in the constitution Except the problem is The criminals bought the media So there's no more watchdog anymore We go what do you mean by that Jimmy Well I'll, I'll just tell you real quickly The biggest story of the last decade Had to be the Iraq war Now all through the Iraq war If you Fox News will tell you That NBC is liberal Brian Williams is liberal Well all through the Iraq war NBC was owned by General Electric, which is a defense contractor. And my question for Brian Williams is how many checks do you take from a defense contractor in the middle of an illegal war before you stop calling yourself a journalist? Worse than that, Jeff, is he used to bring on retired generals to give us the straight dope about what was happening in Iraq. Except we didn't get the straight dope about what was happening in Iraq because those generals were all being paid by defense contractors. Brian Williams never told us that. The guy who did tell us that won a Pulitzer Prize for it in the New York Times. So the number one story of the last decade our number one newsman totally not only fell down on the job but actively misinformed us and so we don't have a liberal media right we don't even have
0: an effective media we have a corporate media
1: and we're going to get whatever the corporation wants
0: so it is nobody there's is there no group like the fcc like uh <laughs> keeping you in check like is journalistic standards just a concept and nothing that's being policed? yes it is just really? a concept it is over with
1: they've replaced Objectivity it used to be your objective right yeah. and you would have to look at obje- a fact objectively but now what they've replaced objectivity with neutrality so now all facts are equal and all the opinions are equal and I'll give you an example of what I mean by that so I'm watching Brian Williams and he brings on a senator from Tennessee who says climate change isn't real okay then they bring on a scientist Bill Nye the science guy he's got science right in his name Jeff and he says climate change is a real thing. Brian Williams says, Oh, well, I'm glad I presented both sides of the debate. What's real, what's not? I guess we'll never know. Back to you. That's not journalism. That's replacing... object. You can be objective and still say science is real. Right. It, being neutral means that... An uninformed opinion and an informed opinion are equal. You couldn't report the sports that way, Jeff. You couldn't say, hey, the Cubs played the Dodgers last night. Dodgers said they won 5-4. to Cubs said they won 4-2. to Who really won? I guess we'll never know. But so the thing that's not important, sports, gets reported accurately. The thing that is important, like everything else, gets repeated talking points from the left and the right. Brian Williams was on Jimmy Fallon the other night, and he said, you know, Jimmy, I do the news right down the middle. What is? I didn't know there were two sides of the truth. What he means is he repeats Republican talking points and Democratic talking points because he doesn't want to alienate any of his audience. Right. What if he was a journalist in England, where they have three political parties? How would he play it down the middle there, Jeff? I guess he'd just have to report back factually and let the viewer decide. Be a third guest. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I'm talking about. It's the fault. It's the failure. It's the. uh, It's not only a failure of our media. Our media is corrupted because they've been bought by the people who bought our government. Right. And they, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, if he was around, he would break all those companies up so we could have real democracy again. Which we don't have democracy
0: anymore. Right. And you list like the companies that or news media companies that Rupert Murdoch. Owns. yes it's a massive It fills a whole page yeah I, here let's find it i um even the village voice the village voice like is nothing safe Th- there's Th- nothing safe so he owns almost
1: all the the tv satellite tv in england australia yeah, wait, let's
0: read it wall street journal news corp 20th century fox strict tv sky tv fox news new york post chicago sun times boston herald sun times that, uh, that's a massive that's one list. guy yeah. who owns all
1: that and you and I just picture Rupert Murdoch sitting in his dolphin skin chair with a Persian cat with a diamond studded necklace, and then he pushes a button that burns a barrel of oil just for kicks, Jeff. Just for kicks. Right. And people say, "Well, how does that affect me? That he owned all one guy owns all that media. How does that affect me?" Well, let's say your government wanted to invade another country that had a lot of oil. Right? So they'd have first they would have they could not just tell you that, so they'd have to concoct a story. Then they'd have to get someone to sell you that story. Son of a bitch! How about the guy who owns most of the media? The United States, Europe, and Australia. So that's and if he wants a war, we got a war. So now you're sitting at home and your house is underwater. You're going bankrupt because your wife got sick and your kid goes to a school with the class sizes over 40 kids. And your government says they don't have any
0: money to help you because three trillion dollars is sitting in a hole called Iraq. And that's how it affects you, right? It possibly, I mean, it's naive or maybe idealistic, but it's hard for like me to wrap my head around the fact that like an individual would like help influence a country to go to war. because it's better for him financially
1: of course you know what why, why else would Rupert Murdoch do any of the things he's doing why does he care and, and it's funny the people who watch his news station Fox News which is owned by a Saudi prince and a foreign guy from Australia think that the news is a Jew run liberal media <laughs> that's just hilarious right and they're getting that information from an oil chic and an Australian guy right so yes War is good for business. CNN loves war. Newspaper guys love
0: war. It's great for business. So, do you think that, like, Brian Williams, and you describe him as, like, a pleasant, nice guy? I would love him like, to be
1: godfather to my he, kid, but he's a
0: horrible <laughs> journalist. Do you think that he is doing what he's told to do, or he was picked because he would just do that? Both. I think
1: that he's the kind, he was picked, if you ever watch that movie, Broadcast News, he's William Hurt. He's <laughs> oh, the guy. Be... <laughs> he's not, it's, it's right. just the way the gears work in his brain. He doesn't think think in the middle of reading a bullshit story about Occupy Wall Street, he doesn't think to go, hey, wait a minute, these people are right and we're being fucked over by one huge corporate. Oh, I work for those guys. I have to shut up now. Right. Because General Electric, also a bank. So they were a huge bank, they got TARP funds, and, and they were a defense contractor. And he, and half the country thinks NBC is liberal. If you think NBC and the news media is liberal, you probably think George Zimmerman is a good guy, tax cuts create jobs, and
0: science is a conspiracy. So what do journalists like Brian Williams think about, like the Phil Donahues, who, like, who loses his job for reporting the news? Yeah, I think that he thinks or those guys are facts. suckers.
1: I think he thinks those guys are suckers. And if Brian Williams ever did stop in the middle of his broadcast and say, hey, you know, I'm going to have to debunk this guy instead of giving him a platform, he'd find himself on a cable network that nobody watches like Dan Rather. Where's Dan Rather? He's on Access TV. Where is he? He's, he's working for Mark Cuban and nobody knows where he is or right. what happened to him. Same thing with Soledad O'Brien. Soledad O'Brien, during the 2012 election, started to push back against the Republican BS machine. And, uh, she, you know... um uh, and I remember I was on doing my show with Frank Conner from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and uh, to the point where uh, they were, Republicans were coming on and yelling at Soledad, saying, Soledad, stop this, because she was fact-checking them. And <gasps> Why would she do that? Frank Conner said to me, he goes, I look forward to Soledad's new podcast. And we all left and son of a bitch, six months later, they didn't renew her contract and we're a Soledad O'Brien. She's somewhere buried at Al Jazeera that nobody ever watches. And by the way, you know what I say in the book, the difference between Al Jazeera and CNN is CNN likes to
0: show the bombs taking off. Al Jazeera likes to show you when they land. Well, that's a distinction. (laughs) Yes, that is a distinction. So watching the news, though, it seems like the people who give the facts who are reporting are comedians. Huh. It's like the John Stewarts. Like, so what is it about that title that like allows them that and gives them that authority?
1: Well, comedians are by nature outsiders, right? So the problem with the news media today is they're all insiders, right? They all hang out at the same parties. I don't want my news given to me by a guy who makes three million dollars a year and wears a kerchief. Okay. When Tom Brokaw comes on the news and says, you know, my friends think it's crazy we retire at 65, which he has said. We think it's crazy to be retired. Yeah, your friends who hang around TV news green rooms all day. Not my friends who drive trucks and lay bricks, you motherfucker. That's not who these social security. Social security is by the working man. So that's what's wrong. They're all insiders. They hang out with the people they're supposed to be reporting on, which is the death of journalism. We need to have more Sam Donaldson's. If you're going to be a millionaire, at least be a millionaire journalist who's hated by the people you're reporting on. You know, I remember I was watching Michael Moore when he did Sick and he was being interviewed by Wolf Blitzer on CNN and Sanjay Gupta just did a hit piece on Sicko trying to pretend that it was inaccurate, which it wasn't. And, uh, you know, Michael Moore came on and said, Wolf, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing it? took you four years to get the vice president of the United States mad at you. Are you proud of yourself, Wolf? And I didn't think about it like that. It's like, yes, why isn't, why did Dick Cheney like to go on meet the press? Why did he have a good relationship with Tim Russer? Because they weren't doing their jobs and they never do their jobs, which is why we ended up in perpetual war and giving perpetual money to a military industrial complex and Wall Street in the middle of the biggest income disparity since the Gilded Age. This is why we have a sick society. The
0: criminals bought it and we're all working for them and nobody seems to care. Yeah, well, that was my big question. Like I kept reading the book being like, why are people not like outraged? Well, they're starting to well, there was Occupy Wall Street, right? Yeah. Occupy Wall Street and their big mistake was
1: that they asked for a living wage instead of a million dollar parachute. That was their big mistake. You know, Occupy Wall Street, Newt Gingrich famously said they don't know how to create wealth. Yes, because the people at Occupy Wall Street think the way you create wealth is you work really hard and you save your money and then you'll have a good life. Those people are living in a fantasy land, Jeff, known as right. the past. Right. Every jerk with half a brain knows the way you create profits in this economy is you take your job you turn them into crappy jobs and you ship them overseas to increase profits. That's what we do. It's a new American way. We take good jobs here in America, turn them into shitty jobs, and then we ship them over to slaves in the third world. And that's called business. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the, and those guys have, so now, and they get a tax cut for doing that. So they get, so because it's it's crony capitalism, they've rigged the system. And it's funny to me, in the middle of the biggest ass-reaming America's ever gotten from the military-industrial complex and Wall Street, people still find time to be angry at poor people, right? My brother's angry at people on welfare. He goes, oh, they're all scammers, Jimmy. That's because they have like three jobs. I only have one. (laughs) It's It's rude. I'm like, oh yeah, Danny, the people on welfare are all scammers. They've rigged the system. So now they're the poorest people in the entire state. Yeah, Oh, those yeah. fat cats at the bottom. <laughs> it works. So this is my this is what I talk about in the book. Your country's just not that into you, and it's, you know they're kind of dark, sad, uh, you know, uh,
0: topics. But I put a lot of jokes around them, so hopefully people. Yeah, learn. yeah. I so like money owns politics. So like best case scenario, how does that change? How does best, it, what okay. happens?
1: Here's how you change it, Jeff. That's a great question. <laughs> Uh Well, right now, we have the biggest income disparity since the Gilded Age. Corporations are making record profits right now, but working people aren't experiencing any of the fruits of their labor because, again, we have a rigged system. Unions have been decimated. Right. Corporations are sitting on $5 trillion and are not investing it back into the economy because they say that they don't have confidence. And I say, if $5 trillion doesn't give you confidence, I'd try fucking dance lessons. So the way we get, we get out of this hole right now is we got to get rid of the criminals who bought our congress and our president and all the rest of our politicians and the way you get rid of that is you get rid of money in politics right we have publicly fine how do you do that jimmy well you have to pass because how do you do that jimmy The Supreme Court has said that corporations are people and money is speech. So we have endless money by corporations now buying our elections. We have to get a constitutional amendment that says the Supreme Court is wrong. So we have to pass a constitutional amendment. That sounds like a big deal. Sounds really hard. Well, we've done it a bunch of times in this country. And the way you do it is you don't even need Congress. You need 35 states to ratify a constitutional amendment around this issue. We've gotten two states to do it already. I'm part of a group called Wolfpack, and it's wolf-pack.com. And it's like the Mayday Pack. We're very committed to getting money out of politics. So we first we got it out of Vermont. We went and we it was a hard battle, but we got them to pass it. Vermont is on board for a new constitutional um, uh, convention to pass this amendment. They go, well, you'll never get a big state like California. There's defense contractor money. There's oil money. There's all the uh, Microsoft money. We got them to pass it in California, right? Now we're going on to New Hampshire. So this is gonna happen. People, politicians are sick. You know, when, when you get elected to Congress, they tell you first day there, you're gonna spend four or five hours a day talking to rich people to get more money for your next election, cause that's what their real job is. And then you wonder why their policies and their laws reflect the interests of rich people, because that's who they're talking to all day. Right. So we gotta get money out of politics, and
0: it can, it can happen, Jeff. And when you're saying getting money out, are you saying like capping like no, spending limits together? So
1: publicly financed campaigns. This is what I'm talking about. Publicly financed campaigns. Okay. So that's what we do. So you take the money out of it, and we deliver democracy back to the people. 90% of the people after Sandy Hook wanted some kind of background checks on people buying guns. We didn't get it. So that means we're living in a banana republic, right? So this is not. This is not for the people. They They go, well, why wouldn't they be responsive to the people who vote for them? They're only responsive to the people who donate to them. I know someone who ran for Congress. So if you decide you want to run for Congress, you go, I'm going to run as a Democrat. So all of a sudden, the Democratic Party sends their experts to meet with you to see if the Democratic Party is going to help you and give you money. So the first question they ask you is, do you have money? How how rich are you? The second question they ask you is, do you know anybody who's rich you can get money from? They don't even ask you what your positions are. They don't even ask you what your policies are. So that's why we're living in a broken system right now where the middle class is getting squeezed and we have the biggest income disparity since the guild at age. Right. It's because money owns our politics. You know, FDR said, government by organized money is just as bad as government by organized mob. And that's exactly what we're living under right now. Barack Obama said you can't fix Wall Street without fixing Main Street. Well, guess what? He fucked over Main Street and fixed Wall Street.
0: Um, going off a of Sandy Hook, if that could not have inspired like gun legislation, what will it would it take? It's not well. It's uh, going to take gonna getting happen? money out of
1: politics. Uh, you got to okay. get the money because those people don't care what the people say. They only care about what they don't. They want money from their donors, and then they have polit they have professional political guys who run their campaigns who also don't want to piss off the donors because that's where they're going to get their money from on their next campaign. So it's one big money fuck, right? So right. everybody's after the money, and that's why we get the horrible legislation we get. And we we have a, a government that's not responsive to the people. Like I said, ninety percent of the people. What? Well, look at this. So, uh, look at all the red states that pass minimum wage, right? It passed in Arkansas, it passed in Nebraska, it passed in South Dakota. Yeah. So the pump, America is, is progressive. Americans are liberal. It's just that their politicians are owned by a small handful of people. And that's why we don't get the legislation we're supposed to get. So that's what, and that's what I talk about in the book. Your country's yeah, yeah, just yeah. not that into you. And you know, you listen to our horrible news media. There's every once in a while a real whistleblower comes along like Edward Snowden or mm-hmm. Private Manning. And if you listen to our news media, our bought and paid for corporate newsmen, they would tell you that a guy like Edward Snowden, who risked his life, risked a good life in Hawaii with a pretty girlfriend to go live in an airport in Russia because he cared about his country. But if you listen yeah. to the newsmen who are bought and paid for by defense contractors, they'll tell you that Edward Snowden is nothing more than a narcissistic creep who's an anti-American. He's being called a narcissist by grown men who make a living sitting in front of television cameras all day wearing makeup. Oh, that guy Edward Snowden's a little too into himself. Can I get some more lip gloss over here? That's what we're dealing yeah. with. And it, and. It, goes right past everybody by the way a guy sitting in a tv studio could call someone else a
0: narcissist and get away with it i mean i've never read uh, private manning's letter it's i was amazing, very right? impressed yeah it jimmy includes it in the book i yes. was like shocked it almost made me cry and I didn't
1: put the whole thing in there because my editor wanted to cut it down and thought it was too long but sure. when I read the complete letter from Private Manning I did almost cry I was like oh my god this guy's the real deal and so was Edward Snowden if you watch any interview yeah, I like you know Brian Williams interviewed Edward Snowden and he Preceded, he in, he introduced his interview by saying, "Of course, Edward Snowden came to arm with his talking points." Oh, really, Brian? Who the fuck doesn't come armed with their talking points to your interview? You mean John Boehner doesn't come to arm with his talking points? But the only time you say that shit is when you're interviewing a hero,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> they'll be like the interviewer not go- having questions. Exactly. What exactly. do you want to talk about? Oh, he came on. How with was your his day? Questions. Yeah. <laughs> So but I go- just feel like big things happen sandy hooks the the Supreme Court not like counting the votes in Florida and just like granting Bush the election, and people are like outraged, and then they forget, of course, like these are just like big like national issues i don 't know why we 're able to get past them uh because we have a news media
1: that people are working two and three jobs right everybody's yeah. working their ass off in America, which George Bush thinks is uniquely american it 's great. Yeah remember that he was having a press conference and there was he was sitting there with a woman at one of these town halls and he says where do you work she says well i have three jobs and he said isn't that great Isn't that uniquely american no that means that we have a shitty economy that one job doesn't support somebody anymore and you know it's just amazing to see people are angry at minimum wage work they're angry if you don't work and then they hate you even more if you do work for shitty wages right they'll go oh yeah well if you guys want to raise we'll just have machines do your job yeah okay all right sure i i saw a comedian on TV the other night. I want to mention who his name is, Carlos Mencia. And he said, if you're 25 or 30 years old and you still work at a fast food restaurant, you're a moron. And I was like, oh, thank God somebody finally stood up to the minimum wage worker and took them down a few pegs, huh, Jeff? Ooh, it's about time. Good, I was waiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how those minimum wage workers walk around like they made it. <laughs> so anyway, this is the this is the message of my book, you know, I've the classic fighting for the underdog against the monolithic corporation that
0: runs everything. Yeah. And but the, like the system that we have though is like a two-party system. Is it just like a, the lesser of two evils? Well,
1: they say it's a two-party system and it's important to vote, right? And the last election was really important. I'm talking about presidential election was really important because it was Mitt Romney against Barack Obama. And if Mitt Romney would have won, we would have got Romney care. but Barack Obama won so we got Romney care. You see how important it is? We have a pretend. We have a pretend choice. Barack Obama is doing exactly the same banking policy as George Bush. He's doing exactly the same foreign policy, military policy as George Bush. He's doing the exact same policy with you workers as George Bush the only thing he's different on is a little bit different on gay marriage and he's a little bit different on uh, uh, women's pay equal pay right that's about so it's all these bullshit social issues you're around the edges but the core of our country our economy mm. which is what makes people want to revolt is being effed over by one party rule which is corporations so you know people talk about Barack Obama being a lefty liberal he is exactly the same as George Bush when it comes to economics and f- war policy in fact, he got a Nobel Peace Prize and he immediately ramped up the war in Afghanistan. He started bombing Libya, put a hit, I don't know, Osama bin Laden, and now we're back bombing Syria. And that's the thing about those peace prizes, Jeff. Nobody ever tries to win a second one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I've actually always wondered, like, how we pick and choose, like, what overseas conflict to enter. Right. Like, you know, Ebola's and genocides, and, like, uh, is it, I mean, clearly just, like, when it's financially beneficial?
1: Uh, it's always financially beneficial for somebody. You know, right. uh, General Smedley Butler in 1935 wrote a book. In 35, he was the most decorated veteran when he died, and it was called War is a Racket. And he said that, this is 1935, he said, I know one thing about war, that and, and every war, a handful of people become millionaires and billionaires, and that's why we go to war. And there's no doubt about it. Oh, really? We've been bombing for 14 years straight in the Middle East. We just didn't drop a couple, we need a couple more. And in this last round of bombings, uh, John Kerry was talking to Code Pink, you know, Code Pink is they're the verily anti-war group, right? They don't think war is the answer to any of our problems. He tried to get Code Pink to go along with our latest round of bombings by saying if Code Pink is for educating women you should support us bombing ISIS because ISIS is against educating women and I was like, son of a bitch, John Kerry, you got some of those women education bombs you're going to drop in the middle? I didn't know you had those. Do you pack them full of books and when they explode, Kindles come flying out? Thanks to Americans bombing my village, I learned about algebra and imperialism. Is that what's happening? Why don't we take some of those education bombs and drop them on Texas for fuck's sake because they just got rid of AP history, okay? So this is what I like to talk about in the book. It's amazing. It's happening in plain sight. And I say, if you want to do a real conspiracy, you do it right out in the open. You don't have to hide it. 9-11, right, when we invaded another country for their oil, we did it right out in the open. Right. We lied about it. We tortured people. We never lied that we tortured. We said, yes, we're torturing. Dick Cheney goes on TV every Sunday in a blue blazer and says, yeah, we tortured people out because I'm, I think it was important to be nasty. Yeah. He calls it
0: nasty. But it's not like a, a hard line to draw between GE, like making money off of war and owning like NBC. Is, I guess now Comcast owns them, but mm-hmm. same thing. Now, yeah, since you know, 2012,
1: it's been Comcast that owned it. Yeah. But again, we in 1980, Jeff, there were 50 media companies that owned all the media in America. Now there are six companies, everything you hear, every song, every talk show on the radio, every TV show, including HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, everything you see, they're all owned by the same, every newspaper, six companies companies own every newspaper every radio station every television
0: station in america six and i guess i'm just like i flabbergasted that they can say what they want and they're unchecked
1: well the corporation like that sounds fun i want to do it I'll tell you, me too. I'll tell you, my friend Cenk Uger who works, he started the Young Turks News online. Yeah. He used to work for MSNBC, and he told me the story about how he got taken. Phil Griffin took him into the room and said, listen, Cenk, there's two kinds of people in Washington, insiders and outsiders. We're insiders. He told him that. And then Cenk had a story where... He was criticizing one of their uh, Johnson and Johnson, which was one of their uh, advertisers. And he got the call from upstairs. You got to take that out. They're one of our advertisers. So that's the news. That's what we get. And people say the news media is liberal. The news is not created for you or me or the people who watch it. The news is created to appease the people who pay for the news, which is their advertisers. If the news media is liberal, then it's being brought to us by Walmart, oil giants, the military industrial complex. They're really bringing us the news. I don't the liberal news. No, they're bringing us corporate propaganda. They're not funding investigations because the news media is supposed to be investigating huge corporations, but they're not investigating them. So when Walmart buys ads on NBC News, they're funding non-investigations. They're not funding investigations. Why is Boeing advertising on meet the Am I going to buy a jet? No. They want to make sure that Meet the Press does not investigate Boeing and their defense contracting. That's what it's all about. And we're living right in the middle of it. Again, biggest income disparity since the Gilded Age. Record profits on Wall Street. Record profits on corporate America. People, biggest. Thirty, You know, half of all wage earners in America earn less than $30,000. Half of all wage earners in America earn less than $30,000 in the richest country in America, in the biggest corporate profits ever. Think about that. It's a fucked-up system, and if we don't get money out of politics, it's
0: only going to get worse. And money owns politics whether what party you vote for. But I know you don't advocate not voting. So why should we still vote? Um,
1: I've... uh, You know, you... Uh, we should still vote because it's the only thing we can do besides getting money out of politics. I voted for Ralph Nader, right? That's where that's I'm
0: going with. Don't tell me about that.
1: So, uh, <laughs> so I always try to use my vote that way as a protest vote. And, um, you know, maybe if we get enough people doing that, we can, we can, you know, the, the problem is, you know, uh, your vote in Wyoming is worth a lot more than your vote in California. So that's the thing, you know, one man, one vote. We do not even have that in the United States because we have a thing called the U.S. Senate. So a guy, a place like Wyoming, has one congressman, two fucking senators. What? How could that be? So they are overrepresented, which is why we have, again, corporate control of our government, because the places where you get your corporate politicians elected, they're overrepresented. We get same two senators from California, and they get two senators from Wyoming. That is, they're overrepresented. Right. We need
0: to get rid of the U.S. Senate is what we need to do. <laughs> well, Elizabeth Warren said yesterday, it was in the Hollywood Reporter, that Congress is rigged. Of course it is. Yeah, Of course, yeah. But and then she was also saying that she does not want to run for president, but she is thinking about it because of how connected like Hillary Clinton is with money. Yes. But in order to combat her, she would need to raise she money. She need to raise money. That's the ironic <laughs> thing. That's the ironic thing. Like, you thing. can't combat that.
1: You can combat that in this current system. You can combat it by going right to the people and saying that I'm only going to take small donations. And Barack Obama... Uh, You know, he kind of tried to do that, and then he just totally sold out. But I think if you did that, I mean, people are ready. People are. That's what Occupy Wall Street was about. That's why people overwhelmingly elect. You know, people say, oh, you thought Barack Obama was a liberal when you voted for him the first time? Well, he's not. If you were a grown-up, you would have realized. Well, I I didn't realize it. I wasn't smart. I got hoodwinked. He ran as a liberal. He ran as FDR. I thought he was going to be that. The point is, Americans are ready for FDR. They want it. They want somebody to come in and break up these companies. And put the economy back in a position where it works for the people who generate the profits, not for a handful of people at the top, which stagnates our economy. Right. That's what we're living in right now. You know, if I could screw my wife half as good as Wall Street has screwed our economy, I wouldn't have to go through her
0: emails, <laughs> Jeff. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good goal. Looking at the future election, who do you think is going to be like candidates?
1: Uh, you know, uh, I, somehow I think Chris Christie's going to make it, and I think it's going to be Chris
0: Christie against Hillary Clinton, and we're going to continue our slide. I know that Chris Christie's an asshole, for lack of a better word, but did you see his apology um, with the bridge scandal? Yes. It was very, like, genuine and matter-of-fact, and I was actually very impressed. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's going to put up a hard fight. Well, he was lying when he apologized, Jeff. <laughs> but it still seemed genuine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, don't, I just think he's a man that he can get away with acting like a asshole in, like, American culture. And like, yes, we're because, let again, the
1: news media is horrible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guy he just yelled at two weeks ago actually was a volunteer. You know, he there was a that volunteer- was
0: the guy with a sign. Yeah,
1: the yeah. guy with the sign who took off a of work for a month to come help people who were victims of the of the hurricane. He took off work. In fact, he did so much work that the city gave him one of their city trucks to go use. You're the, you're the biggest volunteer we have ever had. So this guy shows up to ask Chris Christie, why isn't he dispersing the funds the federal government gave him two years ago? and. When what Chris Matthews does instead of reporting that, he laughs about it and calls Chris Christie Frank Sinatra. He goes, Oh, isn't he just like Frank Sinatra yelling at a guy? Oh, yeah, I remember when Frank Sinatra yelled at working people who were trying to help their community after her. So that's what's wrong with our news media. Sure. Yeah, again, Chris this and Chris Matthews is supposed to be a liberal on MSNBC. MSNBC. MS stands for Microsoft, NBC stands for NBC which was owned by General Electric during the entire war and they were a bank. So this, you know, I wish MSNBC would go away because it makes people think we hey, have a liberal news network and we don't. We have a corporate news network which is going to extract as much profits out of a bunch of people who think they're liberal, which they're not. Where do, do you as, get your news from? As soon as Rachel Maddow says something that affects their bottom line, she is fucking going. On, just like Phil Donahue was because Phil Donahue was anti-war he had the number one rated show on
0: MSNBC right. and they fired his ass mm-hmm. Well, what is he doing now? Do you know? I think he's hanging out with Dan Rather. <laughs> Phil also said that he was allowed to have a conservative on if he wanted to, but if he wanted a liberal. He had to have two conservatives. He had to have
1: two conservatives. And that's on the, the liberal combat. news network. Yeah. So, that's the co- <laughs> so, again, wait, we're going to get to. So, again, uh, people who call NBC or MSNBC. Oh, yeah. There are a bunch of corporate liberal people. Uh, they're liberal defense contractors making bombs out of yogurt and granola. So
0: where do you get your news from?
1: I get my news from the uh, the Young Turks online. I get it from uh, Greenwald. I get it from the BBC. I get it from The Guardian. So I get it from okay. lots of places like that online. Uh, people who are skeptical of corporations. that Those are the people I like to listen to. Okay. I don't like to listen to people who are in bed with corporations. I like to listen to people, who, like uh, Crooks and Liars is another great uh, resource. Yeah. Uh, Think Progress. Uh, people like that. So, okay. anybody who's uh, against the the corporatization of our culture, I listen to.
0: And the Young Turks, that's where your show is at, right? Yes.
1: I'm also, my, my show is carried on the Young Turks Network. They're the largest online news show in the world. So, you know, it turns out, people, it's so so funny. The Young Turks were ignored for years and years by mainstream news media, but now they realize that broadcast TV is going away and everyone's going online. And then they turn online and they see the Young Turks and they're like, what's your secret? How did you get three billion views? We can't get anybody to watch us. And the secret turns out you don't have corporate advertisers. You speak the truth and people will gravitate towards you. You tell them the truth, not the truth that's been filtered through through a corporate advertiser and people will come to you and they can't figure that out. Mm-hmm. They've been offered. A lot of people have tried to buy the Young Turks already. ABC, the Wall Street. Jeff Bezos made an offer. Nobody, then Jank Uyghur won't sell because the secret is that you're not those guys. Right. The secret is that you do have your journalistic independence and you can tell people the truth about what's happening. And that's the success yeah. of Jen Uger, which will never, ever be uh, assimilated
0: by, as soon as a corporation tries to assimilate him, they'll try to change him. Yeah. Which I is, mean, you were giving like exact quotes from people, not like the fake ones, but the real Ones. The real quotes. I do to look some up because some were like unbelievable. Uh, yeah, no, Mike. You know, like thought... the Mike Kaufman one, the Congress, Um, I apologize, I'd like to repeat it. Oh, yes, he, yes. It looked like it was like a video glitch, just like yes. repeating and repeating. And I was yes. like, what?
1: No, it's exactly right. That's right. So I have all these quotes yeah. in the book. The way I like to write the book is I'll take a quote from a public figure, a congressman, or a news person right. and then I'll just like, you look at that quote and you're like, that's got to be made up. And then I'll write, now, that's my jumping off point for the piece. But if you look up those quotes which my editor did too she's like there's no way that's true i'm like look it up so they did and they were all true it's crazy
0: stuff like that and uh congress and Kaufman is still in the congress
1: yes he's of course he's still in the congress well i like one of my favorite quotes in there is from michael bloomberg who was the mayor of new york He's a rich white billionaire who didn't see any problem with stopping every black guy in Brooklyn Bronx and and shaking him down, right? He thought that was great crime prevention. He didn't have people stand outside of J.P. Morgan Chase who had to pay a $13 billion fine because they're such fucking criminals. No, he had people go into the black neighborhoods and start harassing people, and that's called crime fighting. And he one of the quotes in there is that he said, the stop and frisk helped save a lot of black people's lives. And I was like, really? Did it help them? Did stop and frisk save black people's lives the same way slavery saved them money? Because that's what it sounds like to me. So those are the quotes I like to put in the book. Thanks for reading the book, by the way. I'm
0: really impressed. Oh I'm yeah, flattered. totally. I'm flattered that you took time to read it. And I know that you, from reading the book, you do not hate our country. So I love my tell, country. Yeah, tell us briefly what is right I, about I it. I love the country. It's yeah. that
1: these are a small handful of criminals who take it over every couple yeah. of generations, and we got to get rid of them. We needed Teddy Roosevelt to do it the first time, and now then we needed FDR. Right. We need one more Roosevelt. I don't know where they're going to come from. You know, it was going to be Elliot Spitzer, and Elliot Spitzer, the reason why he was so good at breaking uh, the balls of the Wall Street people is because he came from money. He's rich like them. He was one of them. And he said, you know, I went to high school with these guys. They were cheaters in high school. They're cheaters now, and I'm not intimidated by him." But a guy like Barack Obama, his whole life was trying to make rich white guys comfortable with his blackness. You know, you don't get to be the first black guy who's the editor of the Harvard Law Review if you're a black guy who makes white guys uncomfortable. Right? No, he's always, his jumping off point is, hey, I'm going to make you comfortable. So that's why he's the wrong guy to help turn over the apple cart of Wall Street and corporate America because his whole... Because you
0: got to ruffle feathers. His race and detra
1: is to try to make them like him. So it's never going to happen from him. And we tried to get... We had a guy like Elliot Spitzer, and they used the fucking uh, Patriot Act to take Elliot Spitzer down because he was coming after money. They used the Patriot Act to get rid of him. So we need somebody who comes from money, who's not afraid of those guys or who is intimidated by those guys, to stand up to those guys. I don't know where... We need another Roosevelt.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to end on a positive note, the, what's right about our country is that you were able to publish this. I'm able to publish, you know. This. <laughs> we, can, we can do
1: a show like this, and we still have net neutrality for yeah. the time being. And Barack Obama, for his accrediting, when he's – he came out in favor of net neutrality, finally. He came out in favor of net
0: neutrality just the other day. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. All right. but well, before we go, tell us about the comedy special. You just shot last weekend, right? So
1: I do. I have uh, my third uh, comedy special. My first tour on Comedy Central. My last one was called Citizen Jimmy, and it was chosen best of the year by iTunes, right. which I was very flattered. And my new one, I don't have a title for it yet. It might be called Your Country's Just Not That Into You. And it was shot by this con- company called New Wave. We just did it last week in um, El Portel Theater in North Hollywood. And I'll, I don't know where it's going to air yet or where it's going to come out, but Jimmy comedy.com you can find all the info over awesome
0: there. all right well thank you for being here
1: my pleasure jeff thanks yeah. for having me It's a real real treat thank
0: you so much all right guys we will see you next week until then you can find all of our content on youtube itunes and of course bookcircleonline.com. thanks from managing editor jason squamata executive producers maria menounos phil switek and kevin undergaro we would like to thank you for tuning in to book circle online For more discussion, go to BookCircleOnline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at BookCircleOnline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO. Join the circle.